1: We've just a week to go now before we're live on stage with the new show Cocaine Cowboys. Final tickets on sale for Limerick, Cork and Dublin from mcd.ie Our venues.
0: And in terms of those killings that we're talking about, they are very up close and personal. I do think that there is a serious link between them all. We already know that there's a a link between Fox and Hall because the same gun was used. Um, We know that there's a link between Hall and and Crossan because they were best mates and that his only connection to the criminal underworld was Baymore and Crossan's enforcer. We know that there was a link between J.D. Dunning and Sean Fox who were best mates. Sean Fox takes over his business, moves into his house. So you can see the thread.
1: I'm Nicola Talent and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals drugs and the sins of the underworld in ireland and across the globe five murders carried out in a tiny area of belfast and just a few streets apart bear chillingly similar hallmarks when it comes to the up close and personal nature of the assassinations the escape routes taken on foot through the Lenadun estate and the activities of the victims today We visit the crime scenes with Belfast Telegraph crime correspondent Alison Morris, who believes the wave of gangland murder in Northern Ireland is chillingly linked and may have been carried out by a tight group of hitmen. We look at the crime scenes outside a school, at a sports club bar and in the estate itself, where the latest gun victim, Kevin Conway, was murdered this month. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So why is this the first murder that is of interest in these sequence?
0: Well, what we see is this is the first one that's carried out in a method that we then see repeated time and time again straight after this. So um, Jim J.D. Donegan was, he's originally from West Belfast himself. He had been doing very well for himself seemingly mm-hmm. in the car trade. He owned a secondhand car leasing and Vallotton business, but that was also a front for the fact that he was quite a, a considerable player in the drugs trade. Um, he had as many of the, the people that we deal with, he had upgraded in terms of the kind of cars that he was driving. Um, when we get to the top of this road here, you're going to turn left. Mm-hmm. And also, even by his partner, he had upgraded to a very glamorous young woman mm-hmm. um, oh. from his childhood sweetheart. He was the mother of his children, and um, he had had a, a wedding to this woman where he'd arrived in a helicopter and there was all sorts of money being flashed around. And that does not go unnoticed in a place like this. This is, mm-hmm. you know, West Belfast, the Town Glen Road. It's one of the, um, it indicates test on the level of deprivation statistics, if you look um, in terms of the, the kind of community this is. And so his son went to this school. This is St. Mary's Grammar School. It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: a very well thought of boy's school. My own son went to this school and he was coming regularly to pick his son up at the weekend when he had visitations. He had a number of quite flesh cars that he would drive, but one was a a Porsche, which I think was about 90 grand worth of car. Now, you can see driving around here and people driving family cars, picking their kids up from school. You're going to notice a guy in a red Porsche sitting outside this school. So he wasn't keeping a low profile. We know that his killers had been watching his movements for some time and taking note of the time that he was picking his child up from school. I believe that there was a um, an attempt to kill him maybe two weeks before that and it was aborted because there was police in the area for some other reason. Um, but then, obviously, the, the killer came back. We've seen in CCTV footage, he was wearing a high-res vest and so the school is just over mm-hmm. here on, if you keep going on your right-hand side, just when you get past this wall.
1: Do we want to pull wall.
0: in? Yeah, so you can pull in. The, the here? No, just up here. Oh, just here, right. Yeah. So pull in if you pull in over here, this is Oh yeah, is sorry, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. The entrance to the school. Mm-hmm. So he was parked quite close to here, just in, in that lay by. Um, when he was approached by this guy on foot. He had a a, a, a sort of woolly beanie hat pulled down, he had a high-rise vest on. He looked like a, a workman on his way to work. You wouldn't have looked twice at him. He walked along and the school was getting out, so there was kids coming down this lane to be picked up, there was parents sitting in cars outside waiting on their children. Um, there's also a primary school down there and another mm. secondary school right facing here. So it, it, this is one of those areas, you know, if you're getting anywhere, you do not come here when school is coming in or out there. You'll just be logged in traffic because it is so busy. So this isn't the kind of place where you could kill someone in a car and do a getaway. But the driver approached on foot. He walked over and shot him several times in the head, sitting in the front seat. It was an assassination. He was dead within seconds. Um, there was somebody on the scene quite quickly tried to do first day, but there was absolutely no point. This guy was, you know, dead almost in instant instantly. And the killer then jogged off quite casually on up this road and down into the Llanadon estate. He is caught on CCTV. Up that was, this I think, way, we'll we drive up there? Yeah, we'll go back up. He was caught on CCTV on a ring doorbell or some kind of CCTV at some stage, and the police released that. And after that, he disappears and is never seen again. So there has been so quite a few arrests. Like, There's this. been quite a few appeals. Can you, I, mean, I, no, I can't. even remember. in the height of, you know, our troubles and our conflict here, to walk up and shoot someone like that outside of school with, I mean, hundreds of eyewitnesses, because the place was swamped in people. It was only by luck that his own child was late coming down the the. If you keep on keep going, going yeah. so yeah. So where did he go? So in he now, goes up there? and then he just disappears into this this estate. Um and this estate is called Ross Narine, and this is where Kevin Conway was killed. Right. So he is in this estate over here. If we keep on going straight on up this road, um, and we'll go down to Suffolk Road and I'll show you. So, mm. so he just disappeared in there. He disappeared in there. That's it. So this is a huge rabbit warren of a housing estate. Yeah. He disappeared in there. That's the first one. The police have done several appeals for information Um, on the anniversary they've done several appeals for information there's been no um, no one charged in relation to it albeit several people have been arrested and I think they have a pretty good idea who was responsible when J.D. Donegan was killed I know that at that time some of his very close friends and associates had moved in to try and take over his business and some of them were also then issuing threats to the distant Republicans they believe were responsible. They believe it was former members of a group called O'Glan ONH, which was meant to be officially on ceasefire. So some of them were like, we're going to avenge JD, we're going to do this. And they were quite quickly told, that'll not be happening and you'll end up in the same position he is. I know that at least one of them showed up with a number of guns that they had acquired through their own criminal enterprises and basically said, if I give you these, would I be okay? And try to buy his way out of the threat with that. But then we have the murder of Sean Fox. And Sean Fox was a close friend of J.D. Dunnigan. And after he died, he took over J.D. Dunnigan's business. So much so that he moved into his house in Lisburn where he was living. He was living in quite a nice house in Lisburn. But him and J.D. Dunnigan and his new wife were building a very palatial property on the outskirts of Lisburn. Um, the workmen who were doing that work were all being paid in cash. It was never finished. It was halfway through being built when he was killed, and that was the end end of that. Um, so when we get up here,
1: you're going to turn down to down to the left. Was there a suggestion that Sean Fox might have been involved in J.D. Donigan's murder? No, was Sean, it Sean Fox.
0: Though? Sean Fox decided, in his wisdom, that he would take over. From J.D. Dunnigan's business. He was, I believe, playing paying protection money. I know that he did approach a restorative justice group. He asked them, could they find out it was the under threat and they said, we'll to do that, we'll have to ask around. Then he went, just forget about it and leave it. He did did then, we believe, he was paying protection money to one faction of a Republican group, but clearly not the faction of the one that killed him. And so this is the Donegal Celtic
1: oh, is this football yeah. club.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um
1: Can we put it in here?
0: Yeah. And you can see that this is the place where he was sitting yeah. on a Sunday. There was I believe, and this is where I know absolutely nothing about football. There was a Manchester derby was on that day, mm-hmm. so the bar and the lounge were full of people who were in watching the football match. And you can see from the road, just facing us, is a mural to um, Joe McDonald, the hunger striker. This is a really Republican area. This social club has been, you know, it's years old, a very well-respected football club. Sean Fox had been a really promising footballer when he was younger. He had played for the DC and he had prospects as a really good footballer. His family had connections to this club going back generations. Um, He was known by numerous people who were connected to the club. He must have thought this was a safe space. Mm -hmm. But what I'm told is that some of those people whose names we would connect, that so-called Marbella crew, which is what J.D. Donegan and Sean Fox were said to be, just because they you know, were all pictured on holiday wearing the same t-shirts. I think it was J.D. Dunnigan's Stag Weekend, and they were frequent inhabitants of Marbella, which, as we know, had links to Irish criminality going mm. back a long time. Um, he was bringing members of those over. I'm told that those pods that we're looking at, those yeah. like built during lockdown, those like little smoker's pods and a lot of bars built so people could drink outside, that he was seeing, um during the summer, bringing people who wouldn't be welcome in somewhere like Republican West Belfast, Over here, he clearly thought because he was paying money to someone that he was safe, Mm. and he was not. So, what happened? And we see there's some CCTV. The CCTV quite around this bar is quite good. You see the two gunmen who are wearing sports clothes, you know, tracksuit bottoms, hooded tops, their hoods up, scars pulled down their face. Clearly, very young, fit fellows. They walk in through the doors of the bar, and then you see these ones
1: here on our left.
0: Yeah, and then you see them running back out again, and. From the time when they walked in to the time they walked out, it was 21 seconds. And that 21 seconds, both of them emptied two handguns into shot and fox in front of over 100 people who were drinking that bar. I am told that of all those people, the police managed to get. How many statements do you think out of 100 people they managed to get?
1: Well, it's going to be low, isn't it?
0: It was none.
1: Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. right.
0: So... Everyone was looking the other way. There was also relatives of his in the the bar at Mm -hmm. that particular time as well. He witnessed this, you know, his uncle was in the bar. I think one of his um, children actually worked behind the bar and they they had witnessed it. There was quite, you know, dramatic scenes outside it. And so this is where he was killed. It was very unusual for someone who was, you know, involved in the kind of business he was involved in to be drinking in a place like this. But I think because of his family connections and because the fact he wouldn't live in West Belfast, he'd moved out to Lisburn where he'd be much safer. Had he a car here? Than he would be here. That night. No, he was he was he, he also drove a, a very fleshy car, which about a year half before he died, he'd put on Facebook, you know, I work really hard. Yeah. This car's mine and people speculate where I'm getting my, my car from and all sorts. Um but yeah, he had, he'd been on the radar for a while and I think taking over JD Dunnigan's business when other people had said that they wanted nothing to do with that had put him in serious
1: in serious harm. But a bit uh, like what happened in Dublin on Christmas Eve, like yeah, you know, you have somebody they knew he was in there. So they knew he had to come out. It's so why really, not wait?
0: Yeah, I mean it's a really respected club in terms of what it is. I mean, some of my relatives were members of, of the Donegal Celtic, you know, been to family parties and stuff in this bar. Um and, you know, nobody who was there would have been aware that there would have been an issue. I mean, Foxy, as far as I knew, you know, football and family, long established contacts to the club, nobody would have been twice. I think, you know, in some cases we've seen this, these gunmen want work in ones, work on his own. Mm. In this case, clearly there was two. In case somebody tried to get up yes. and, and intervene, or you know, there's always one. If they going to a crowded place, gunmen always send two because there's one to protect the first one. Yeah. Um, since so
1: they're not overpowered, like what but happened. Nobody
0: in. nobody came anywhere near them. they were in and out at no time. Police had showed us there was meant to they use um bikes, like fish bikes, to get to as far as that. The bikes haven't been been found. And they disappeared off into this estate facing us, which is the exact same land of doing estate, which I showed you in yeah, the, the same estate, so You can access isn't it? it from different ways. Yeah. So, yeah. so they made off into there. And once again, that was the end of the end. They hadn't been, weren't seen since.
1: So when you go in there.
0: It's a complete and utter rabbit war. I mean, I know my way about it.
1: Right, well, <laughs> let come from here and see what but, I do. So they presumably <laughs> well, if I, I, let you, there, I let you, I let you drive around and I not say
0: anything and see her lost. You manage to get we'll yourself.
1: Bear in mind how I'd get lost if you spun me round, but I'll try. I'll see how I go.
0: So yeah, there's th- and the thing about it is is the sort of newer newer bills that were built, um, would only have one way in and one way out. But older um estates like like Lenodown, there's numerous ways you can get in and out of here.
1: Okay. So the one and again the- get- Disappear, I'd go down so, this So
0: And way. also, they say this is the data and you've already been <laughs> to So that worked out
1: well. But, yeah, but as you can see, through that there, that is, there is
0: also as well as that, there's alleyways that you can get in and out of, yeah. of I, here I where you can run, run down, down there and there. disappear. You know, cars yeah. can't chase you. Um, and if you have a safe house or houses, which we are assuming that these people do, yeah. because they disappear in here and are never seen again. So someone has to be letting them in to change clothes to so get rid of weapons for someone to take those weapons away well, no better place than a house in the state with back alleyways. Is it
1: like this the Very, whole way along? Yeah. That there's sort of cul-de-sac after cul-de-sac, cul-de-sac after, after cul-de-sac. cul-de-sac.
0: There's walkways that yeah. can't be accessed by car.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: the fact that they're on foot and clearly quite fit individuals yeah. um, has really helped. So I think that you, what we could do now is we could drive on and I'll show you where the third victim, Karen Wiley, was killed. Died. that was
1: in here, was it?
0: Yeah, he was in Lennadown. Now, the, the difference in this one is the other two are killed because of connection to the drug trade, quite serious connections to the drugs trade. And we're going to turn down here. Kieran Wiley was actually a member of ONH. He had been a member of ONH, and he had fallen out with them. Mm-hmm. And he was becoming increasingly paranoid, and he was also talking to other people about maybe setting up his own vigilante-style group. He was threatening, you know, other people within the organization he had been a member of. Um and that then contributed to his death. That's a, a mural to a child who was killed with plastic bullets, okay. the British okay. There's a lot of murals around here. It's um so this again, as I said, it would be a very Republican. Mm-hmm. Um that's just part of, of Belfast. This is this is West Belfast. You know, the, it's again not the kind of place where serious drug dealers are going to live these mm-hmm. drug dealers clearly didn't live there they were coming in and out of here because they came from here originally they'd all moved out to Lisburn so if you drive along here we're going to go around towards Leonard Avenue and that's where Kieran Wiley was killed he was killed in his own home so a few days maybe weeks before he was killed he came out in the middle of the night and he wrote another former member of ONH's name on a wall in graffiti calling him an informer but he was spotted doing this by someone who lived facing and this was all fed back um, that he had actually done it. He had also been trying to source weapons. He had been a former member of the Provisional IRA. He was one of those people who had been in the IRA, then he had moved into distant republicanism. And he had been a pub doorman, and he was a bit of a hard man as well. He wasn't, you know, he was getting on a bit, but he had been in his day, someone that, you know, would have handy with his fist. And so I think that there was a sense of bravado mm. attached to that, um, that he was in some way untouchable. You go down here and turn to your left. So I yeah, imagine you wouldn't
1: get away with doing much around here. It feels like there's eyes on everywhere. That you know <laughs> everyone is...
0: Landon, this is Landon Avenue. And so he lived in the front of here. And this is where he was killed. So he lived in one of these houses yeah. just here.
1: Okay.
0: Um. And so two gunmen went in and they shot him. One of his daughters, I think, was in the house at the time. He was shot in that house. He was shot numerous times. Apparently, you know, according to the police, it was an absolute horror scene. It was an absolute bloodbath. I think he had tried to fight back whenever they'd come in. But this wall down here, mm-hmm. on down, from his house, this wall had, had graffiti written on it accusing someone else of being an informer. Yeah,
1: This one that's uh, yeah. probably blacked And Ties. someone
0: had seen uh-huh. this happening and seen him doing it. Um, that's not the reason why he was killed. It's just one of the reasons why his activity was becoming, as I said, increasingly paranoid. He believed that people had to get him. And he had known because he was told by police that there was threats issued against him but I think he was one of those people who just wasn't going to be for moving. You know, he thought that he could bra- brazen this out. And once again, the gunmen walk, disappear on foot, disappear somewhere into the Lanadune estate. Now, you can see how short, a distance mm. that we have travelled, and that's just three murders. And then we're going to go to number four, which is Kevin Conway, the most recent,
1: the killings, which if you just turn down to your right, it's just down here. Yeah. So you figure that... These hit men, how many there are, are either from that estate or they're making their escape through it. They have to know. They have Well, support. you have to know this
0: area because you would get lost in there if you well,
1: didn't. Well, you wouldn't want me as a getaway driver. No,
0: you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, so this is where um, Kevin Conway was killed. So if you just drive down here past these shops and then turn into your left. So just facing these shops. Kevin Conway, not from here. Kevin Conway's from Lurgan. Right. Um, his father was murdered by the IRA. He was... Um, he was taken away, he was ab- ab- abducted, and he had been meeting his three month old son at the time. That three month old son was Kevin Conway. Um, and so he had been bailed to an address in Uri that he had basically done a runner from. So his bail was revoked. He was then bailed again. And when he was bailed again for the second time, for some reason, he has found his way up to West Belfast. Um, and that's mm-hmm. where he was living at the time of his, his death. Up here
1: in those red bricks? Yeah, from there. Do you want to go through here quick? You okay,
0: yeah, no, keep going on. No,
1: no, no, I used to live here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought you were gonna. You know,
0: well, to I still live right here. I'll show you. I mean, yeah. I, may, I may be Alice Morris, the crime correspondent, <laughs> but once upon a time, no, this is actually the Yeah, I need to get my barns. Um, what is I haven't been to this flat, it was Kevin that showed me where it was. It's the yeah. nice ones on the corner,
1: right on the corner here. This yeah. red brick,
0: yeah, yeah, they're nice, aren't they? They're lovely houses. Yes, I was gonna say, my Once upon a time, I was teenage mother, Alice Mars, living in a flat around the corner, right. Yeah, so just go in here. So yeah. it's this flat here, this bottom one where you can see the glasses broken. It's broke pretty on
1: exposed, it. isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, you've and got. There's obviously the
0: some flowers outside. Um, he company. had been living in there as a bail address. How he found himself there, I'm not quite sure. Someone did tell me he did have previous connections, as in his father, his deceased father, was originally from Belfast, had a family from Belfast. This flat was rented. I don't know whether it'd been rented through a housing executive yeah. or association. Um, as a bail address. Mm. He had been living in there for quite some time. And you can see, I mean, you can actually see the remnants of where it says H block in this wall. I mean, this is just, you know, the heart of Republican um, West Belfast. The neighbours, and I had been contacted by a couple of neighbours who did say they had put in complaints that there were members of the firm, which is who mm. he was connected to. So Kevin Conway was a member of the Lord and Crime Gang, known as the firm. He was on bail for murder at the time. He was... On bail for the murder, Shane Whitla, a guy who is said to have owed quite a considerable drug debt to the firm. The firm had a big shipment seized at customs, and so they were scurrying around trying to collect all their money up from everyone who owed them, and Shane Whitla owed the money. Um, Kevin Conway was their enforcer, and he was said to have phoned. Um, Shane and told him to meet him at a certain location. He comes to meet him, and when he arrived then, obviously, um, Shane Whitla was shot dead. He wasn't said to be the gunman. He was said to be the person who lured him there, so he was charged with a joint enterprise murder. He was living in this flat. The neighbours had reported seeing him. Some of them said that they had reported and complained of the fact that there was, what they said, antisocial behaviour. But I think it's just the fact that some of these gangsters, basically from Lurgan, were coming in and out of this flat. He still remained very close friends, were a lot of them. And he then was shot. Two men, um, I believe, to have entered in through here. There has been two people charged. They appeared in court this week. The court was told that one that both of their cars had been traced to somewhere Mm. quite close to here. The court said less than a minute. The defense, their defense um, barrister disputed this and says it was about a four-minute walk away, or five-minute walk. Well, there was like trackers on their car, and that's how they have ended up charged in connection with it. There's no suggestion by the prosecution at this point in time that they were the people who were the gunmen who shot him. But again, they have disappeared off in here, whether or not on this occasion they used. Mm a getaway car as in a car belonging to someone they knew or whether they've t- took themselves off on foot but there's two methods of getting away from here so you can run into that estate into, um, into Ross Narine which again is like a rabbit and you would need to know your way about or if you run straight across the road where are on you? on foot You're in it down estate once again yeah. Only on foot You can't yeah. go
1: through there yeah. because it's a dead end at the end yeah. of this road unless you so went through those railings So you can see
0: railings. that this area is yeah. you know, prime for exactly the same MO that the other kilns were carried in yeah. if you run off on foot you disappear it's very hard, especially mm-hmm. um, somewhere like this. where police, and this is another added factor to these killings, people are not going to be keen to be speaking to the police and say what they are saying, mm. And they're not going to be keen to be making statements. They're not going to appear in court and give evidence against anyone, put it that way. Never mind give it information. Some people might give intelligence, but intelligence, as we're often told by law enforcement, is an evidence. And intelligence can't be used in courts. Um, it needs the actual physical evidence to stand it up. One it's quite sad. Bunch there's of one, flowers there, you know, exists. one solitary bunch yeah. of flowers. You know, if there had have been, you know, a murder in this area, which is very, very close knit, you would have seen a sort of outpouring of yeah. um, people out demand and that there's justice for this person. There's been very little in terms of that. Most people have turned a blind eye to it. That you know. They considered Kevin Conway someone they didn't particularly want living up here in the first place anyway.
1: But you can see the way, I mean, we attract a bit of attention there now because we're looking odd. We're just lurking outside well, the house, you yeah. know. A few people came out to just have a look at what we're doing. It's that kind of a neighbourhood. Yeah. So. My worry
0: is to think that we're cops because <laughs> that's happened to us before. We're have being with you and someone's asked me, was that a police officer? And I'm like, hell no.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we can we can turn around and drive back out, and we'll go back out and we'll go down. I want to take you down, whereas it's a wee bit away from here, but to show you where um, Warren Cross and Mark Hall were killed, because they were both oh, killed yeah. within the street of each other as well. It's not a great deal of um, pace away, yeah. but the police have confirmed that one of the guns used to kill Sean Fox was also used to kill Mark Hall. Interesting. So we know that those those yeah. um, killings were, in fact, linked um, is it easy for them to get a gun? Yeah, a lot of these guns they were using. A lot of them were new weapons, had no ballistics history. So the ballistics history in that we- that gun only extends to two people, Sean Fox and Mark Hall. Mm. It hadn't been previously used before. And so, where's these, that coming from? These, they're coming from a lot of them. I think they're sourcing them from the south. This is the delightful flat, Virginia Johnson. Oh, Look, really? Isn't it gorgeous?
1: Look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trip down memory lane? No, no,
0: it's it's like post traumatic stress. Because
1: <laughs> um, it was an interesting, I was listening to one of the cops who was on the Anchor Chat investigation in the UK, the NCA, and he said, it's actually quite difficult to get guns. They can't get them like that. They have to.
0: It's not the. Really I mean, it's the movement. It's the them. movement of them. I think is not the easiest thing. I mean, buying a gun. You know, I could. Not that I would probably be able to buy a gun within oh. a couple of days. It's the movement of it, and then obviously the amount of intelligence. So if we're going to turn it now, do they write and go down down the road? The amount of intelligence that exists around those criminal gangs. Um, it's very difficult for it not to, to feed its way back um, to so the, the movement intelligence agencies, of the actual weapons. The weapon movement is of them is, is problematic in terms of that, and trying to move them. It's and high that's risk how for we've them. seen, you know, people like the the new IRA. They lost a considerable amount of weapons over a space of time. You could see that there was an informer within their ranks. We know that Dennis McFadden was within their ranks. I don't think Dennis McFadden would have been privy to individual arms. Trump, somebody else was clearly privy to those. Mm. They did lose quite a lot of of guns over a very short space of time. Um, and then what we also seen during the conflict here and during the troubles here is that rather than remove guns because if you take the gun then it'll lead back to the informant. So if you're trying to protect the informant's life they don't move them. So what they did do was get the informant to temporarily remove them. They fixed them in some way that they were broken basically, that they wouldn't work, and in some cases bugged them and then put them back into the arm stump again. Um, and that we've seen that in recent trials. We talked about the Haggerty Supergrass trial they spoke about how so many guns were compromised because informants were taking them away and they were being broken and and, um, disabled and then being put back in again, that they had to test fire all weapons before they went out on a job just to make sure that it hadn't been in any way compromised and it would work. So you just gone straight ahead.
1: They'll always say that there's a finite amount of people who will actually... You know, take up a gun and murder another human. You could
0: count them being. probably on one hand or two hands that I can think of people who yeah. would be capable of doing that. You know, I suppose if you're not, in, you don't you don't report on or mix in the, the criminal world, you think that all criminals are just criminals, and they're mm-hmm, not. There's mm-hmm. there's various degrees of criminals. There's low level criminality, people who do criminality literally to survive because they don't know how to do anything else, um, and then you move up through the ranks. But in terms of people who are hitmen, and in terms of those killings that we're talking about they are very up close and personal. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not planting a bomb under a car and disappearing and not having to see what you've done, you know, see the dirty work that you've done, not having to, you know, smell the cord out, smell the blood, see the aftermath. These are people who are willing to go in and do, and they are all carried out in execution-style manners. I mean, nobody even makes it to hospital for treatment. They're dead at the scene. Um, And so there's a limited number of people who would be, Able to do that, mm. I think that in some ways, when you can see some of the CCTV, which is quite grainy, of them them running running away and leaving these scenes, they're clearly physically fit individuals. Mm. They're people who keep themselves in good shape. They're physically fit. People assume that means that these, you know, they move and walk like a young fella, but you know, they're just people who could are are, are keeping themselves in good shape. Mm. So yeah, so at these lights, we're going to turn down. To the right, and this is going to take us down into. Is there a suggestion
1: hits. of the kind of money that's changing hands for the hits?
0: You know, there's always been a denial that there's money changing hands for any of those, those drug deaths, that this is just a matter of, you know, laying down a marker. I think with Kevin Conway, there's a load of very complex reasons why he was targeted. First of all, you know, the firm are considered even among other criminals, of being the literal, you know, scum of the earth. Like, I mean, the sort of dirtiest of dirty criminal gangs. Um,
1: and they have a lot of enemies.
0: They have, I mean, the so many goes, enemies.
1: Yeah. It always makes it very difficult to identify the motive when there's so many yeah, people with so motive. so you can
0: turn into any of these, these streets here, and this is going to take you. So this is in James. This is a lovely wee place. It's actually... Um, one of the oldest communities in West Belfast it's like attached the West like runs along the bottom of it but the Bog Meadows is there real real sense of community around here in terms of what's there's like a, the fo- a youth football team to have like a lovely community farm and allotments and everything and a lot of the people who live here will be older as well as some new people who have moved here who work in the hospitals and stuff like that um, and who rent properties along here so he was murdered in St Catherine's Road, which is just I'm pretty sure down here and
1: mm. St James's Crescent. Off to this way, this way. Yep. Okay. Like there's ramps the whole way along the road. <laughs> you wouldn't be going anywhere too so fast. So
0: in, in in this case, Warren Crossan was the son of Tommy Crossan. Tommy Crossan was the leader of the Continuity of the IRA. Tommy Crossan was someone I was very well known to me. I would have spoke to him on a regular regular occasions. He was also murdered, I think it was in 2004, as he said. He ran on like a, one of those illegal fuel yards at a dodgy diesel and he was sitting in a, the hut of that and he was shot dead by rival distant Republicans. Warren Croson would have been in his very early 20s at that time, possibly twenty twenty one. Um, He became very protective of his mother, you know, mm. the sort of man of the house type thing. And his mother still remained in Saint James's, where she has a lot of lot of friends. His mother is originally a member of the travelling community and is related to travellers from Limerick. We can mm. you know, touch on how that then proceeded in his his life. He would have came every Saturday to visit his mum and have lunch in her house, and that routine was um, yeah. what then they used. So you can turn right and go back yeah. up that street again. Nice street. It's you know it's it's the quietest of wee areas, yeah. and you can see this is all very community developed. Yeah. Yeah. The young people here, you know, there's a really nice quality of life from them in terms of the community structures and the youth groups and everything. Brilliant youth workers in this area. Um, he came to visit his mother as he was approaching her house. He sees two gunmen. He runs off and they chase after him up this street in basically this time of the day, broad right. daylight. Right. Um, and he was shot dead. He tripped and was shot dead several times by two gunmen men who then, again,
1: we believe, made off on foot. He had a friend called Mark Hall and Mark Hall Warren Crossan before we get on to Mark Hall was arrested at that stage and questioned about the murder of Robbie Lawler
0: he was his car his car was seized as mm. well as part of that they thought that his car had been used Warren Crossan we're pretty sure had something to do with negotiating the deal to murder Robbie Lawler he had connections with Limerick through his mother's family through his maternal side of the family he had connections with a lot of those um, gangsters from that, that part of the world through his mother's family and he had been working with him and again just like all the other ones he had a car trade business secondhand cars is a really good cover if you're involved in criminality he had been caught with quite a sizable amount of drugs not just was his connection to bringing Robbie Lawler into the middle of Ardoyne, which is unthinkable I remember the time people going no that couldn't be true you mm-hmm. couldn't have a Dublin gangland boss in the middle of um, Ardoyne." but he also had been telling people he was going to avenge the death of his father and he knew he had murdered his father. Now if you want to go up the street, a 21 year old um, Warren Crossan wouldn't have been any threat to the boys who murdered his father, mm. but a Warren Crossan at the time of his death when he was hanging around with quite serious gangsters, when he was involved in the drug street and clearly had access to weapons well that's a whole different matter altogether. He clearly was someone who could be a threat of retaliating for his father's murder Um, And that's the thing. So he had been lifelong friends with Mark Hall. They're both from St Yeah. Mark Hall was told numerous times by several mediators, he passed information to the police, do not come into West Belfast, do not come anywhere near West Belfast. Um, And he again came to visit his mother. He had been living down in, um, I think he was in Drahada with his girlfriend. He came to visit his mother in her house, and he was again approached by two gunmen. I don't think that one was as well planned as the others. I think that they have got information. He was arriving that day, and it was very hastily put together. His sister actually was almost killed in the same attack. She jumped out to try and stop it, um, and he was shot dead, and that was then the December, the um the year then right after Warren Crossing was killed during that summer. So mm. the thing about it is there's a pattern here too in terms of this bravado and saying you're going to avenge someone's death, you're going to do this, you're going to take... And a lot of it's just talk, it's not going to come to anything. But if that's feeding its way back to people who clearly have the capability of doing something about it, they're not going to allow that to
1: happen. And particularly in the aftermath, if he was involved, he's gone now, so we we'll would probably, you know, bar the, the, the car. Uh, you know, that was a cold-blooded assassination yeah. of a very significant criminal figure from the South So he's not only proved that he's sort of matured into his own criminality, but he's proved that he can.
0: He was negotiating deals. I mean, he is believed to be the person that negotiated the fee. He was the person that is believed to have uh, lured Robbie Lawler up in the Ardoin. We don't know whether Robbie Lawler was there to collect drugs or collect money, but he was definitely there to collect something. Um, He shows up to the house in Ardoin and he's killed in a drive in the garden of... of, um, of Eddie Holland's granny in Ardoyne, mm. Crossman all over that, you know, all over it. Now, he was arrested and released without charge. There's been no mention of him, and I believe that the, there's been no mention of any of the bail hearings by the prosecution. They haven't mentioned Crossman at all. But um, I think, you know, we would be safe on safe territory to say that he was one of the key figures in organising mm-hmm. the, the killing of Robbie Lawler and helping facilitate it. Robbie Lawler thought he was hiding up in Belfast. He'd be safe as houses up here, you know, and the fact is, that Warren Cross has seen an opportunity not just to take out somebody who may have been considered a rival being considered dangerous being considered an absolute madman you know who nobody really wanted to go into
1: um, business with anyway and the gunman and the Lawler shooting also sort of disappears yeah in the housing estate on foot
0: yeah but well, we know I mean there had to be a getaway car used in that and somewhere, yeah. there was a car that was found burning but I don't know it was a car that took took people to that, that area or not but yeah, I mean, there was, the, the fact is that they were obviously, we don't know if it was the first person that man had ever killed, but clearly it was done in a way that would look incredibly professional. Um, Mark, you know, the fact that Warren Crossan was first of all messing with people like Lawler would not have went down well in this area. Um, but the second of all, the people who killed his father looking at him and going, he's a danger, mm. You know, he's a threat. And he's becoming a more significant threat every time his part, his influence grows in the criminal underworld and something would need to be done about that. You know, and on a very human level, I always feel sorry for his mother because she lost her husband and her son now, mm. both in extremely violent circumstances. Um and she's guilty of nothing, you know. And she's still there. She is. Yeah. She is. I think it's very difficult for people to envision themselves living anywhere else. I mean, there's there's footage of Tommy Crosson's funeral. And there's mass men come out into the back of the house. They put the coffin out at the side of the house and mass men come out and fire shots over the top of it. Tommy um, or Warren? And Tommy. You no, know, yeah. Warren Crossing was, was you know,
1: very quite quietly, you know, right. in, in, in that terms. But his father got the full paramilitary funeral. And what about, I mean, I don't think there was anybody there to avenge Robbie Lawler's death, but...
0: You know, isn't it, isn't it interesting that despite all the talk of, you know, his gang kicking back and everything, nobody did anything. You know, nobody. Yeah. Step forward to avenge his death. Pe- clearly people stepped in and soaked up whatever business he yeah. was doing because there's, you know, it's like whack-a-mole. Once one goes, somebody else jumps in and takes takes over. But no, there was nobody was willing to say we're going to do this, that and the other. Um And, you know, it shows that he may have thought, you know, he had a loyal following a loyal gang behind him but they weren't too long scarpering once the scene the went happened to him.
1: So what's your theory?
0: All of those those murders when we talk about Dunnegan, Fox and then the murder of Kieran Wiley there's also a murder of a guy called Danny McLean in North Belfast that's again just linked to internal ONH stuff. Kevin Conway there's a sort of grey area there because Conway obviously had had a run in with dissonance in Lurgan as well and there may be a Lurgan element to his murder but people from Lurgan did not come up and run into you, I mean now you've seen it you can see that mm-hmm. nobody came up and did that from outside you had to have known this place and mm-hmm. have local knowledge of this place to have anything to do with that um, I do think that there is is a serious link between them all we already know that there's a, a link between Fox and Hall because the same gun was used um, we know that there's a link between Hall and, and Crossing because they were best mates and that, that was the only was the, his only connection to the criminal underworld was Baymore and Crossing's enforcer um, we know that there was a link between JD Dunnigan and Sean Fox, who were best mates. Sean Fox takes over his business, moves into his house. So you can see the thread and in fact that, you know, the whole thing could run full circle if you start, you know, when you think about the formation of a lot of those paramilitary groups, some members of the provisional IRA clearly seek, yeah, we're going to go back in here, clearly seek their way back in to some of the members of the provisional IRA clearly unhappy at the direction of travel back in 98 or even go back as far as 94, let's see as, far as um, had then taken themselves into those distant Republican groups. Some became founding members of groups like the new IRA and later the real IRA. And some of those people were key suspects in the murder of Kevin Conway's father. So then Kevin Conway is murdered seemingly by people with some kind of distant Republican link. Um, and, and his father was also murdered by Republicans, albeit in very different circumstances politically. This place, you know, is was meant to be a peace. All of this time later and again there you have just in the same way you have warren crossing you have you know a mother that lost her husband at a very young age and then lost her son as well it's amazing how much i have started seeing years ago when i used, i remember going up to the prison and, and visit mcgabrie and speaking to some of the staff up there and they said how many times they were getting like generational prisoners so a father who was doing a big sentence for murder And the next thing you know, the son would come in, having been charged with a murder, a very serious offence as well. And they were starting to see that generational, the criminality that runs through it. But you're also seeing that in terms of the people being killed, you know, Mm -hmm. they're they're following, not necessarily in their father's footsteps, not necessarily into that sort of Republican world, but definitely following them into a violent pastime. And that's contributing to their death in quite significant and serious um, ways.
1: And how do those communities that we've been, they look settled, the places neat and tidy? You know, how do they feel about this sort of? You'll, you'll being find it out? difficult
0: to find anyone who will come out and say, "That's a disgrace and you know something should be done, those killers should be caught. Most people don't want drug dealers in their community. I mean, that's a fact of life. I don't mm. necessarily say I want them to be killed, but they will say, "I don't want them here. I don't want them near my children. I don't want them around me. Um, and you know, with, with Conway, it's even additional sin. A, a, a further sort of uh, additional layer to that is he's not local; he's not from there. There's no connection to him. There's no family connection to him. There's no loyalty to him. There's no got to be no. We did hear politicians coming and saying, you know, there's no place for guns in the street. But I always think when you hear those those political comments and go, children could have been killed. There's much as saying, you know, an innocent person yeah. could have lost lost their lives. They're not particularly giving out about that, and then. Do you think that you know some of the circumstances at the way a lot of those organised criminals live? They do themselves no favours in terms of that flashy lifestyle, which if you're living in a place which is, you know, very working class, you know, people struggling from a cost living crisis, and you're sitting outside a school on the Glen Road in an eighty thousand pound car, you're attracting attention to yourself, and it's not good attention. It's never good attention. mm-hmm I think the most successful criminals, you know, the driver.
1: A... They drive a Nissan Micra.
0: Exactly. You, you know, you wouldn't know them.
1: You don't know their names. You don't see them. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Why not download the free Sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.
0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on,